I think at its core, what design thinking strives to really imbue in everyone is empathy, right? We want to empathize with the users that um, we're designing or developing a solution for. Select CT. What's up, world? This is the Select CT podcast, where we talk about the digital media landscape in Connecticut and what it means for young people who want to get into the industry. I'm David DeRoche. I run the podcast program at Quinnipiac University. And this podcast is a production of Digital Media CT in partnership with Quinnipiac, the University of Connecticut, and the Connecticut Office of Film, Television, and Digital Media. So today we're going to talk uh, about design. And we're not, no, we're not going to talk about interior design, though that would be cool. And we're not going to talk about fashion design. We're actually going to talk about something called design thinking and how that applies to digital media. So let's get right to it. We got three people from IBM to talk about this. We have Mark Wisniewski. He's a design producer at IBM. We have Marty Mishashik. He's a content designer. And we also have Lauren Chula, who's a visual designer at IBM. And Lauren actually recently graduated from UConn. So having recently graduated, I want to start with you, Lauren, since this is also a podcast for students and young people who are curious about digital media space. Uh, Tell us how you landed your internship at IBM. I mean, I think when a lot of people think IBM, they might not necessarily think of of cool and hip, but IBM seems to be doing some pretty interesting stuff. So what was your take on IBM when you first learned about them? And and how did you uh, nail that internship? Yeah, I actually first heard about the internship from my department. I just graduated from UConn's digital media and design program. And um, our department had had sent out an email with the job description and it kind of vaguely seemed like something I could do. They talked a lot about UX and just general design things. And I concentrated in web design at school. So I was like, I do more of the coding side, but UX is definitely interesting. I might as well just try for it. And when I went through the interview, I found that it was super interesting. They were talking a lot about design thinking and design as sort of a problem solving situation. And I thought that was really interesting. So that's sort of how I ended up here. And UX, just for our listeners, is user experience, correct? Yep. And describe exactly what that is and what that means when you're thinking about design. User experience is kind of what it sounds like. It's the user's experience of using your product. So every time you design something like an interface or a physical product, someone's going to be using it to complete a goal or a task to kind of make their lives easier and solve a problem that they might have. So as a designer, you want to make sure that you're designing it in a way that it's going to work best for them, make the process as seamless and easy as possible, and also enjoyable to complete. So Mark, maybe you can break this down from a team perspective. So describe a little bit about what it is that you guys actually do at IBM in your department. Sure. Happy to help. Um, So I think... Uh, shockingly, it's probably best to start with our mission, uh, and it's a pretty simple one. Uh, our mission is to make work better for IBMers, and um, it's a pretty simple mission. However, uh, as you start to unpack it, there's really quite a bit to it. Um, to a large degree, you know, we're here uh, in service of um, our, our chief information office, uh, the CIO. Uh, we bring to bear a number of solutions uh, and experiences that IBMers use every day. And our goal is to decrease friction in their daily interaction with those tools and experiences. So 
Um, you know, Lauren was talking a moment ago about the user experience that one has with a particular tool or solution. Um, our team's remit is to ensure that, look, we're reducing friction in that system. We're making those experiences delightful and fun to use, right? We are also bringing to bear some of the best tools and technologies that enable IBMers to be productive. And we're very thoughtful about that and also very analytical in how we make our decisions. Um, it's not that we just... Uh, design something and put it out in front of users and we move on, uh, we're very thoughtful about obtaining uh, continuous feedback from our users to ensure that what we're delivering does in fact add value and where we need to fine tune those experiences um, that we're doing so in a very thoughtful fashion. Um, I think one other point that I would call out, um, again, it's not just digital experiences. We're very thoughtful about you know the type of experience you have. Take, for example, Lauren joining IBM uh, relatively recently. You know, what does your first day with the company look like, right? So what does the design of that experience look like as you starting your first day at work, right? So there's a little bit of an experience design component there. Uh, couple that with, you know, what is your experience of receiving that first email after you've been hired that you're receiving a piece of hardware from us, whether it be a Mac or a PC, right? We're um, part of that experience. And then once you receive that package and scan that QR code, which we've designed, what does that experience look like as you're onboarding onto that new piece of hardware, right? That you're bringing with you on that first day of work, right? And then what tools do you leverage, again, to sort of make your life uh, that much uh, easier and your experience with us that much better, right? As an IBMer, right? Whether it be the design tools that we use every day or the productivity tools that we provide to uh, the broader community of IBMers to do their day-to-day -day work. Just to sort of close the loop, what say, you know, using the user journey of, hey, I'm a new employee, I'm onboarding onto IBM, uh, I receive a piece of hardware, maybe I download some software, I have a problem. We're also responsible for what the experience looks like to uh, provide support to you, whether it be online through a web experience or in a physical environment, much like an Apple Genius Bar, where you bring that piece of hardware and you uh, effectively get it fixed on the spot, right? So uh, it's really a very broad spectrum of uh, experience design work that we're on the hook for. So Mark, just to clarify for our listeners, when you say IBMers, are you talking about people who work at IBM or just people who use IBM products? Uh, people who work at IBM. Uh, gotcha. For those of you who may not be aware, we employ close to 350,000 uh, IBMers. And then we also have a multitude of um, contractors, agency partners, vendors that we work with as well, who in some cases leverage some of the same tools that we use day to day. Got you. So you all are solely working on user experience within your workforce, right? That's correct. We're internally facing. Yep. Very cool. So uh, Lauren, to, to Mark's point, when he's, he's talking about you know the process of onboarding with you, what was that like? How did you find that onboarding process? It's design. How did you, um, what was your experience like? From start to finish, it was really good. I mean, not to hype up my own company, but you could tell that they put a lot of thought in it from the initial interview to a follow-up interview. They made sure that we were continually engaged. They kept up with us with emails to kind of give us updates on the company and make us feel like a part of the team before we even got there. And then on our first day, we had hands-on workshops, learning about the processes that we were going to be using, like Agile and the tools that we were going to be using. And they really engineered a very welcoming environment. And IBM is just a welcoming environment in general. I'd say that everyone I met is very friendly and willing to help. But they engineered the first day and the onboarding experience in such a way that 
we felt like we had all of our bearings and we knew what we were supposed to do next and how we were supposed to do it. So I'd say they did a great job. It's interesting because I, I, I'm thinking back on all the various jobs that I've had in my life and how different every single onboarding process has been from, you know, the restaurant industry where it's like, here's your apron to, you know, getting hired at Quinnipiac, which is a very in-depth, um, involved uh, onboarding process. So, you know, I, I commend you guys for, for thinking about that very intentionally. Um, uh, Marty, I want to turn to you. What is your role at IBM as a content designer, I understand you actually have a English degree with a concentration in journalism and with a marketing major. So how did you leverage your degree into doing the work that you're doing now at IBM? Yeah. So um, firstly, I always say I never thought that um, as a communicator, um, if you will, that I would be sitting on a design team. Um, so yeah, I, um, majored in English and with a concentration in journalism. Um, and I had a lot of writing classes, a lot of writing experience. Um, and then, uh, the roles I had, um, after graduation were, um, PR focused. Um, and then I discovered internal communications and I definitely prefer internal communications versus, um, any type of PR or, uh, external or media relations. Um, but even on the internal side, it got, um, it, it can still be crazy. I think that's just the world of, um, communications. Um, but then I started looking at roles that were content based. Um, and lo and behold, um, this IBM role, um, within the CIO popped up. Um, and I thought it was really interesting to see, you know, how content fit into the overall design, um, the design world. Um, and then, uh, even when I, I got hired and started the job, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm sitting on a team of visual and UX designers, um, and I'm not just, you know, doing communications. Um, so, uh, it's really cool to be part of a team that values, um, you know, the written word and written content. Um, so kind of how I fit into the team is that, um, you know, we have a team of UX and visual designers. So if there's internal messaging or any type of internal campaigns, we have people, you know, thinking of the users and, and the visual design. Um, but the content designers actually have a really uh, big role in that as well. Um, so we think about, you know, how the messaging is going to land on our users. Um, you know, is it going to be clear um, how it's, how it's going to fit into the overall design as well? Um, you know, because if you think about it, content design is in a it, it is a design role. Um, you know, how how is the the number of characters going to fit into this template? Um, or you know, is the number of characters going to um, you know not have our users want or even read this message? Um, so it's um, really cool to feel valued. Um, as part on, you know, of a design team. And then just as a side note, um, I was personally as someone, um, I did studio art in college as well. Um, and I've always been an artistic person. Uh, but my experience was, you know, I always thought, you know, oh, what, what kind of career is there for an artist? You know, are you going to be an art teacher or are you going to, you know, be the struggling artist who sells paintings online or whatever? Um, so that's why I kind of, and, um, you know, I also had the, the writing skills. So I just looked into it. I was like, okay, maybe I'll go into PR or something like that. Um, so I always say, kind of just to circle back, I never thought that I would be sitting on a team that kind of satisfies, you know, both my writing 
you know, skills and also, you know, the design part of, uh, or the design side of things. You know, I think it's really interesting because to your point about, um, internal communications being something that you were drawn to, I feel like, um, uh, in a lot of the communications programs, you know, um, there's not so much a focus on that. Usually it's, you know, external communications or, um, whether it's being PR or in marketing or in journalism. So I, I'm curious to know, what is it about internal communications that you really liked and um, was it something that surprised you when you said, oh, actually, this is something that's for me? Uh, yeah. So when I when I graduated um, in 2014, I was just going on Indeed and LinkedIn and all the job sites and just typing in communications and anything that would pop out uh, or pop up. I would look in marketing communications, external communications, media relations. Um, and then um, I got my first job in um, it was called corporate communications. Um, and then, um, you know, when you're out of school and you don't really have, you know, all that much experience into what the different types of communications are, I was really surprised by it. Um, and I think with what I like most about the internal communication side was that, you know, I, I could see who our users are, you know, I could see who the message was going to, um, and it really made big impacts on, you know, the users, which were, you know, other employees. Um, so kind of working in the world of internal communications, um, it was kind of a nice, it was refreshing, you know, it wasn't, and it wasn't so, I, and, and I, I don't want to say, you know, stressful, um, because our jobs can get crazy as any job can, but with external communications, you know, there's, if you're working in external, it's, you know, you're, you're working on the reputation of the company and we still have to hold, have to hold that as, you know, accountable in everything we do. Um, you know, and internal communications as well. Um, but at least there's a little bit of less pressure where it's just like, if I have a typo in, you know, my message, sure, it looks really bad on our end. And, and believe me, we do everything in our power to ensure there are no typos. Um, but, you know, it's not public facing. Um, so that's always kind of a huge sigh of relief. But even when I am still clicking send to an email that's going to over 100,000 people, um, you know, I don't think that ever <laughs> that that feeling of nervousness, you know, ever goes away, whether you're in external or internal. Sure, I can imagine. And I think to your point, you know, when you're dealing with external communications, you are occasionally reacting to external like events and external things and reporters and all those kinds of things. So to an extent, you are sort of reacting. But I guess in internal communications, you be a little bit more proactive, which I, I can imagine can be a little bit more of a relief when you're when you're thinking in terms of, um, you know, how do you proactively address some sort of some issues or, or get some information out there. So, um, you know, I want to uh, turn a little bit to this idea of design thinking. So, I want to take, just tell a quick personal anecdote. So I, uh, as of when I was a journalist at, um, Connecticut Public Radio, I went to a workshop about design thinking, spent two days, you know, doing various things, uh, design uh, thinking uh, activities and stuff like that. But one thing that I took away from that was that, you know, it seems to be just like a corporate spin on something that journalists do anyway, right? So we, I think as journalists tend to think of the audience and what their needs are and, and try to understand our audience, like very consciously uh, when we're uh, telling stories, because if we didn't understand our audience, nobody would pay attention to us. So I, I, I was a little bit jaded when I came away from that workshop, not really, you know, feeling like design thinking uh, was valuable only because it seemed like it was it was taking something that was 
you know, uh, and inherently valuable in our industry as journalists and sort of uh, corporatizing it or putting this corporate spin on it. But I know that's, that's, that's probably an overly cynical way to view it. And I, I feel like there are some values to how you can employ design thinking to solve problems. So um, maybe, Mark, maybe you can explain to me or to explain to cynics who say, oh, this is just, you know, some weird thing that, you know, corporations are doing. But maybe you could just break it down for us, like what design thinking actually is. Yeah, so I think at its core, um, what design thinking strives to uh, really imbue in everyone is empathy, right? We want to empathize with the users that um, we're designing or developing a solution for. And, um, you know, I think it, it's not surprising to me, David, your response as, uh, you know, a journalist that, you know, you're constantly being thoughtful of, you know, your users. How are they going to perceive um you know, the story, piece of media, et cetera, that you're, you're developing, right? Uh, but, you know, oddly enough, uh, oftentimes what we find internally uh, on product teams um, or, you know, experienced design teams uh, for things we're putting out on the web, not everyone's on the same page, right? Nor is everyone really being completely thoughtful about what the user's needs are. So design thinking workshops uh, enable, I think, designers, engineers, stakeholders to come together and to rally around an idea, right, of what they're looking to, you know, design and deliver to meet those users' needs and to really, to the best of their abilities, put themselves in the shoes of the user to develop something that will be really, truly impactful and also, you know, uh, great, quite frankly. Uh, I think, you know, it's also worth noting that, um, you know, many people who participate in design thinking workshops struggle with, you know, some of the, the, the concepts um, or uh, rituals that, you know, we take users through because, you know, in many cases, you know, you're looking to establish, you know, what someone's hopes or fears are and, uh, you know, what would be, you know, a really abstract way to design things uh, could be. And, you know, in, in traditional user-centered user uh, user design, you know, we apply or have applied that same model for a very long time where, you know, we're always thoughtful of our user. We try and understand who they are. We create a solution that we think is is fitting and meets their needs. However, we then also push ourselves to diverge and come up with something that's crazy and potentially off the walls that we may not be able to deliver only to rein it back in, you know, having, you know, a greater focus on maybe one or two other areas that we may be ignored when we design that initial solution. So, Design thinking kind of amplifies that, and it does that at scale um, with people who, quite frankly, again, may just never really have that type of an experience or empathize with those users and you know, brings everyone together to really, I think, cohesively have a point of view on where they want to go with something. And then they can begin prioritizing how they deliver that um, in an agile fashion um, uh, for our users to consume. So, Lauren, I want to ask you, with design thinking, was can you explain to me a time, uh, I know you're relatively new at IBM, but can you explain to me a time where there was a problem that came across your desk uh, that was you know, particularly challenging, and then you employed design thinking to sort of figure it out? Yeah, definitely. So, at the core of design thinking, like Mark was explaining, is focusing on the user and focusing on what the user needs. So... A lot of times when you think about design, you kind of think of it as almost just art and you're designing, whether it's like an interface or just something that people are going to look at, it's kind of just, you're going to design it and it's going to be great and the user is going to love it. And that's not always the way it goes. So design thinking is really important because it brings you back to the user 
to give them the opportunity to say, this works for me or this doesn't work for me. So for example, last summer I was working on a project and it was sort of a website that was explaining where designers fit into Agile. And there was this one section where we were trying to explain a developer's workflow to kind of create empathy for other roles. And I remember I designed this flowchart and I like loved it. I was like, they are going to love this. They are going to understand it. It's going to be great for the user. And we ended up conducting some user tests. And it turned out that users weren't really sure which way to go with the interface. And they weren't consuming the content in the way that we had hoped they would with this interface. So design thinking kind of took us back a few steps and said, okay, like we love this design, but it's ultimately not the best thing for the user. And for helping the user complete this goal of learning about the developer's workflow or whatever the goal may be. So we kind of learned the importance of design thinking there where it's all about the user and it's really important to separate yourself from the user because sometimes things that you're looking at and thinking this, of course, this makes sense. I've been staring at it for five days, you know, working on it eight hours a day. Of course it makes sense. Of course they're going to get it. It's design thinking at its core is really about like Mark was saying, taking that empathy for the user and understanding their experience of the experience that you're trying to design. And especially when you're dealing with diverse audiences, right? Like, or a diverse workforce, you know, people coming from different backgrounds, you all have employees all over the world, you know, how they might interpret a message could be completely different just because of the cultural norms there. So I can imagine, uh, you know, having to sort of um, step step back and understand the variety of perspectives that uh, might be employed when you communicate information can, can be quite a process. So I want to ask Mark real quick, we only have a couple of minutes, but I want to give you an opportunity because you also have a bachelor's in mass communications. You, all three of you went to uh, universities in Connecticut, which is awesome. That's uh, Thank you for doing that. Um, but how did you go from a degree in mass communications to doing the work that you're doing? I kind of fell into design in a very interesting way. Um, I uh, Yes, yeah, so my, my primary uh, focus area in college was uh, broadcast production. Um, so hence the reason why I, I have a uh, mass, mass comm, uh, degree. Um, I minored in design, uh, shockingly enough because it was mislabeled in our course catalog and I had taken all of the production oriented classes I could take. You know, I produced, I mean, geez, produced TV shows, did lighting, sound design, technical direction, and something was labeled electronic media design. And it turned out to be uh, really the, the, the sort of fundamentals of you know, graphic design and electronic design. And I, I fell into that and, and quite frankly, loved it. And um, after graduating from college, I ended up uh, doing uh, web design and uh, did that for many years. Um, you know, bounced around a little bit, uh, worked in the agency space, also worked in broadcast uh, as well. And I kept coming back to design as something that I really enjoyed doing and um, have been doing it for close to 26 years now. Um, so, uh, yeah. I love it. So you guys all have, uh, I, I love the paths that you all have taken um, in sort of leveraging your skill set to do different kind of work in this, in this design space. It's really interesting. So uh, we do have to wrap up, but I want to give you all an opportunity to talk about some of the work that you need. Uh, um, there is an IBM um, Southbury office in Connecticut, which I think a lot of people aren't aware of. Um, maybe Mark, you can just quickly describe what sort of interns uh, the IBM Southbury office is looking to hire over the next year or so. Yeah, sure. So um, to a large degree, we're doing full stack work there. So um, we're looking for uh, not just design uh, in, in, type, in terms of the types of design we're looking for. It, it could very well be 
user experience design, visual design, uh, hybrid um, UX, UI design, uh, potentially uh, user research. Uh, so you have quite a bit you can dabble in there. Um, those are really some of the core expertise of our team, um, as well as some multimedia design. Outside of that, the design space, you also have engineering. Um, we are a pretty uh, tech-savvy company, uh, so we're always looking for um, additional engineers to join the team as well, whether you be a front-end developer, uh, you know, a database uh, DBA or a backend services developer. Uh, IBM has a number of uh, opportunities, many of which um, are typically available on our career site um, or uh, can be, you know, you could learn a little bit more about them internally from um, your schools. Um, oh, geez. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the office, quite frankly. <laughs> where uh, you could reach out to find out more about our internships. But, you know, we're always looking for, for, for new talent. And uh, you know, South Barry is a great location. Uh, we're looking to, um, you know, upskill the team there and grow a little bit. So um, some great opportunities. Awesome. Very cool. So students, if you're listening out there, check out the internship opportunities at IBM South Barry. And also um, they have internships in other locations as well, I'm sure. So uh, thank you guys so much for talking about design thinking with me today. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Mark Wisniewski, design producer at IBM. I want to thank Marty Masation. He's a content designer at IBM and Lauren Chuila, who's a visual designer. Thanks so much, guys, for your time today on Select CT. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, of course. On the next episode of Select CT, we're going to be talking about freelancing and internships with Derek Ambrosi and Gary Cohen, both Emmy Award-winning editors and producers. So please join us. Select CT is a podcast production of Digital Media CT in partnership with Quinnipiac University, the University of Connecticut, and the Connecticut Office of Film, Television, and Digital Media. Our producer is Justin Matley. Matt Werwood is our executive producer. Our marketing coordinator is Marvin Lewis. I'm David Roche. Thanks for listening. Select CT. Select CT.